This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all new, better than ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello and welcome. It's the PHNX Cardinals post-game show live from Gila River Resorts and Casinos Wild Horse Pass. I'm Johnny Venerable. He's Bo Brock here in the house. Thank you to all that stopped in. We're having a great time on the post-game show. Despite the loss, we had some some friends here, some diehards, some some watch-alongs, and they watched the Cardinals get run over by Christian McCaffrey. They did. It was a dominating win for the San Francisco 49ers, the NFC West champions. You hate to see it happen on your home turf, but... It was adopted, unfortunately, by Niners fans today. Yeah. And it, it was really, they, they imposed their will, especially in the second half on this Cardinals team. You know, that offensive line was just pushing around this poor defensive line at the yeah. end of it until they kind of called off the dogs. And you saw the disparity, right? It's wide right now. Yeah. And Monty Ford and Jonathan Gannon are going to be tasked this offseason with trying to narrow that gap. But, man. Is it as wide as the Grand Canyon right now? Uh, this post-game show, by the way, is brought to you by our friends at Arizona Lottery. Don't forget to get out and buy your holiday scratchers today. They make phenomenal, phenomenal Christmas gifts, stocking stuffers, if you will. Uh, I'd like to stock my stuffing with some talent for the Arizona Cardinals. Because, uh, again, with all Stuff due respect. stocking. Yeah, whatever it is. <laughs> I, I'm not seeing it today. It was difficult, man. We... We thought after that first possession, like, this would maybe be a pound-for-pound, shot-for-shot game for the Arizona Cardinals. That it was not. It was uh, the San Francisco 49ers, specifically in the second half, they scored 24 points, uh, most of that coming in the third quarter. The line of scrimmage play I thought was especially damning. Yeah, Both the offensive and defensive line for the Niners completely overpowered, as you said, the Arizona Cardinals. And, again, like, you're not close to competing with this team. You hope to be. You hope to be at some point. But as the Cardinals have continued to erode prior to this year, thanks to Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury and Michael Bidwell to some degree, the Niners have, have used that time, even with a ridiculous Trey Lance trade, to get stronger. Every mistake you've made, they've capitalized on. They've doubled and tripled down on what works. And today you kind of saw the culmination of that. Let's hope that this 45-29 result score may not have been as close as that final score indicates. Mm-hmm. Like, hopefully this is it. Like, from here on out, Cardinals and Monty Austin, Ford and JG, you need to close the gap here. What moves do you need to make to make sure that your fans, number one, will have to endure Niner fans in your own stadium, 5-1, to one, but then also that you can be competitive and be in a fourth quarter against the Niners? Here's, some, here's where you can immediately address it and sit in that third overall in the upcoming NFL draft as it stands. Everybody's killing it in the chat. Actually, let's take a look at our first super chat of the afternoon. 
Nazir saying, got the entire receiving court, so cut bad. Pascal, let Hollywood walk. K1 straight up had nowhere to go up field. Look, uh, was it Ward had two picks? His two picks match the two receptions. That's the high. That's the that's the wide receiver high for receptions on the day for the Arizona Cardinals today. That's 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 unacceptable. You had Greg Dortch with two catches, and you had Rondell Moore with two catches, and we'll get more into it. But that's not a big boy wide receiver court. When you look at the other side of the field, the other sideline, and what Brock Purdy, I mean, he's got an embarrassment of riches. I mean, he's got Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk making big time plays for him while. Poor Kyler Murray, all he's got is Trey McBride. You love what you see from James Conner. Elijah Higgins scores his first career touchdown. Tight ends, running backs, no wide receivers, and unfortunately in a return in first game in three, Michael Wilson was on the side of a milk carton. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, we knew this before Kyler Murray came back, whether it was Dobbs or Clayton Toon or even Colt McCoy. Statistically, based on advanced metrics, the Cardinals had the worst separation of any wide receiving core in the NFL. Like, that was a thing before Kyler Murray came back. Now, you thought maybe Kyler Murray hopefully can elevate some of these guys. And listen, I, I think Greg Dorch has been criminally robbed of opportunities. He was their most effective pass catcher today, taking shots left and right. But this wide receiving core is terrible. It was malpractice for an NFL level today. And, like, yes, Kyler Murray can play better. Had two interceptions today, had the pick six. We talked about that. Guys coming off an ACL playing unequivocally the best team in the NFL. And the Cardinals, unequivocally, everybody thought were going to be the worst team in the NFL. And he's out there trying to compete. Here's what I know. Rondell Moore's second-round pick, he's a bust at this point. <laughs> Michael Wilson, clearly not healthy, hit a rookie wall. And right. Hollywood Brown, see ya, goodbye. I don't have any interest. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm watching Hollywood Brown, a part of this Arizona Cardinal team, in 2024. What do you get from him playing? Like, I get it. He's got a heel injury. He's banged up. It is the most underwhelming year for a career wide receiver I, I have ever seen. It's really demoralizing. You count on this guy to come out and make plays for it. They told me behind the scenes I had heard he was feeling good about this this game. Right. He was. He practiced. He looked mm-hmm. good. He left the game with a healing. He's out injury. there dancing in practice. He's telling us uh, in, in, in the media in the in the locker room saying he feels like he's put something good on tape, even though the production's not there. Where this game pointed to. Kyler Murray needs a productive wide receiver. Help if you're your going, if you're going to be a wide receiver out there and you're putting on uh, out tremendous tape away from the football, in in spite of lack of production, yeah, then production needs to be elsewhere on the wide receiver core. You've got to be opening up opportunities for someone else. That's not happening. Our producer, Damon Dog, award-winning producer, was saying even with Michael Wilson, he just looked like he was attached to the hip of a defender. He just couldn't yeah. get any separation. There's no separation going on. You know, I think Michael Wilson's going to be a good player in this league. He's already shown, you know, potential there. Yeah. But as far as how a defense could probably key in on him and do things to stop a, a rookie third-rounder is a little bit easier at this point, at this stage in his career. And, and it, I mean... The Cardinals wide receiver core, we, we thought it was bad. We were sitting hovering our hand over the uh, you know, the, the panic button. Yeah. And I think truly we can do that now. It, it becomes, if not, you know, the defensive line's there, no doubt about pass it. Rusher. The cornerback room, pass rush. The wide receiver's just as desperate as, as, as of a need as anywhere else on it's, this team. It's 1A, 1B, 1C, whatever the hell you want to call it. It's a disaster. And I think I can tell you that this franchise, Austin Ford and Gannon, took over this receiving core hoping that they could salvage a lot of the meh that Steve Kimes saddled them with. I'm sorry, what are we, 14 games into this season? 
I could say you've you've salvaged about as nu- enough as you can. Yeah. Like Trey McBride, we're going to talk about it here in a second, is the ultimate outlier. Thank God for Trey McBride, big number 85. You, you've given Hollywood Brown and Rondell Moore every opportunity, and they have let you down. Yeah. They've let you down. And so now you need to be honest with yourself and say, just because this franchise under Steve Kime used a second-round pick on a wide receiver for like five straight years, look it up, it's true, doesn't mean that this team can afford to pass on a receiver early in the draft. This franchise right now with three games remaining, you would assume is, is three games away from a blue-chip Hall of Fame-level prospect in Marvin Harrison Jr., That's what the Cardinals are facing. They have a very winnable game next week in Chicago. They have a very winnable game, I believe, at home against Seattle. Who who knows what they're going to be playing for in the finale. But it's going to be really tempting as they continue to evaluate, like, is it worth losing Marvin Harrison Jr. at this point? Because there are good wide receivers. It's a great class. But, like, today of all days, it's telling you. It's screaming you in the face. The Cardinals had 436 yards of offense. Now, over 200 of that came on the ground. We know Drew Petson can manufacture offense on the ground. I actually think the offensive line was pretty solid today. I think a lot of those sacks, the three that Kyler Murray took, coverage sacks, right? There was only one or two, maybe. One specifically that I remember was the offensive line getting engulfed. I thought Paris Johnson Jr. Paid what, played well. Mm-hmm. This team needs special. They need playmakers to go up like Trey McBride did in the red zone and help out Kyler Murray. Again, like this is not. we're not going to sit here and not put blame on K1. But, like, watch the game with your eyes. People cannot get open against anybody. Yeah, yeah two bad passes, no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, and you also saw where the, this offense stalled out uh, and, and they had to settle for field goals and where the 49ers make you pay, right? And you can't give them a pick six. Yeah. And you can't not, when you get in the red zone, convert. And it's because they're they're so rock solid on third down and they were so rock solid in the red zone, the 49ers were on offense, that – they put their they put their foot on on your jugular, and, yeah. You know that that just was on full display today, especially with this, the disparity as far as talent on the roster. Well, and I also think like the Cardinals needed to play a perfect game. We talked about it. The Niners had opportunities to to, to make this a one possession game. The official played a part in that. Like the Cardinals had a return touchdown that got wiped away that could have gone either way, and then the egregious call when Buda Baker recovered a fumble, a clear fumble off of George Kittle that the officiating crew just opted to say. Now, that's incomplete. Like, right. those are two possessions, one of which ended in a score that would have dramatically changed this game. So, I, I have no issue with the effort today. I thought the effort was good. I thought defensively, I mean, people were getting on me in the fourth quarter saying the team quit. No, man, look at the defensive line. They, they just ran out of gas. They're starting undrafted players, practice squad level players. They, this, is, this Niner team, it's an object failure if they don't win the Super Bowl. Like they, they're gonna have number one seed in the NFC. This is the culmination of their of their entire build. They've got talent everywhere, and the Cardinals were, I would say, for the most part, pretty competitive today with a bottom third, maybe worse, cumulative roster in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, the Cardinals need a lot of help. Yeah, I, I just don't know if any like this wasn't the game that I, I, you know, I can look at and say this is a moral victory. It was, it was still an ass beating, somewhere it, in between. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, there were like the first drive was rock solid. I love what I yeah. saw from Kyler Murray. I love what I saw from Trey McBride and then James Conner being able to punch it in. But, uh, you know, the pick six sucked. The, the you know, how, how San Francisco was able to capitalize yeah. uh, when they got their offensive opportunities in the first half. And then, of course, the, the, the reversal of the, the big play on special teams. But then in the second half, it was just complete – for the most part, just domination from from San Francisco. I mean, you're telling me they I, smelled, there was blood in the water. I think they were like, okay, 
let's wrap this division up. And they have the talent to where if they can turn it on. Sorry to keep cutting you off. No, but you're like, good. Guys like Trent Williams, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, they're like, we're going we're gonna to lock this thing up. We're going we're gonna to end our day early and, and, and get to the locker room and celebrate. The middle of the Cardinal defense is, is, is led by Jonathan Ledbetter, Roy Lopez, Chris Barnes, and Josh Woods. Like, they should be able to fucking run for yeah. five, seven yards per carry when they want to. I, I try to grade this entire thing on a curve. Like, I'm not going to sit up here and scream and yell at guys making no money. Vet minimums. I'll get on Hollywood Brown, yeah. number one receiver, on you know fifth-year option, not playing well. Like, being a non-factor, right? It's historically why I've had issues. DJ Humphreys, I thought, was solid today. The offensive line, I thought, was pretty good, especially from a run perspective. Like, I, I will hold people accountable based on the expectations. I This defense, you just I just have no expectations for them. Like, Dennis Gardeck, Zayvon Collins, like, they are average replacement-level players, in my opinion. You do not have a cornerstone blue-chip edge rusher to be able to yeah. get after Brock Purdy. You had no pressure on him. But, like, we expected that. But we also expected when Kyler Murray came back to be some fireworks in the air with Hollywood Brown and Rondell Moore. It just hasn't happened. No, it hasn't. It, 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 it's like if it rained on that that party, right? That yeah. fireworks show. It, it just hasn't. Nothing has happened from either one of those. He's he's tried to jumpstart Rondell, and it, it just hasn't hasn't gotten it going. And uh, I'm taking a look at the chat. We got some super chats fired up here, Damon. Let's take a look at some of these. Alex saying the wide receiver room is shit, but I really am I'm liking our running back room. Yeah, they ran for over 200 yards today, 234 yards against the second best defense, run defense in the NFL. Sure, that's great. It helps. It's supplemented by a big 49-yard rush by their Mercado, and that was necessary to try to keep this thing close. And James Conner was great again today, 14 carries for 86 yards, uh, over six yards a clip, and scored his 27th career rushing touchdown for the Arizona Cardinals. The rush game was not the issue today. Unfortunately, they were playing from so far behind, you couldn't you couldn't lean on it. The, I, I'm just at the point, you and I talked about this off air, like the pass game feels broken until the offseason. It just it yeah. just does. Like you can get points, you can get touchdowns, you can run the football. Cardinals did a great job with that with Joshua Dobbs earlier this year, but like robust 300 yard passing games, multiple touchdowns through the air. That feels like, hey, check back in in 2024 mm-hmm. when we get some new personnel. When Kyler Murray has an opportunity, you would assume and hope with Drew Petzing to work on this craft. I, I I think they're trying to do so much on the fly. Zach Pascal is not an NFL starting receiver, yeah. and he hasn't had much time with Kyler Murray. You can tell there's one player that Kyler Murray feels comfortable with in the passing game. It's his tight end. Right. And they look pretty good. It's the point I made an excuse for Kyler at halftime. Like, he's just going to keep throwing a tray because no one else can get open. He doesn't feel comfortable with anybody else. Libertarian Sasquatch with 199 Super Chat. Thank you so much, LS. Uh, losing MHJ for a win would be malpractice. Are we getting to that point in the season? Yeah, quite possibly. I mean, it, it's seeing, seeming that dire for wide receiver help. I mean, with two two picks in the Arizona Cardinals with the Houston Texans somehow squeaking out a win in overtime against the Tennessee Titans who are at home and at full strength and the Texans were far from it. Uh, that pick only slides down to 17th, so still in the teens, which is good for the Arizona Cardinals. So if they were able to win a football game and they slide down the draft board with their own pick, four, five, and they're sitting in striking distance and, and they, they miss out on MHJ, but they get a tackle. 
there's still enough talent, the wide receiver pool, to where you can reshape this room. You'd have to do it via free agency. We'll see who becomes available. T. Higgins looked pretty good yesterday, didn't he? Uh, you, Michael Pittman, hopefully he's going to get back on track. But we'll see like if their respective organizations even let him hit. But then you've got guys like Noah Brown and a second tier of, of wide receivers that are over six feet, that can get separation that, you know, you might be able to look into. Like, it's going to take more than the draft to, to get this wide receiver core back on track. Maybe even look at if there's anybody on the trade market. This is the most points allowed by San Francisco, albeit there was a garbage time touchdown. 29 points is the most they've allowed since their, like, week 10 loss or week 8 loss to the Bengals when they were on their three-game skid with no Debo, no Trent Williams. I mean, like, this, this is not a no-show performance by the Cardinals, but I think it magnified the areas where they just can't compete right now. Wide receiver, defensive line, and, and probably CB1. Mm. But especially, like, you got to be able to tr- control the line of scrimmage defensively. They cannot. And then we've talked about the receiver. There is one receiver worth mentioning, and he happens to play tight end. He is our X-Factor player of the game. It's Mr. Trey McBride, Sweet Baby Trey, 10 catches, 102 yards. Our guy Damon Dog said it was a little bit dis- disrespectful from our friends at BetMGM. We absolutely love them, but they had uh, the over-under for Trey Day. What was it, Damon? 40-something. 49 and a half. Yeah, that, I mean, hammer the over uh, for the rest of the year because, frankly, what choice do the Cardinals have? Trey is slowly on his way. So he's got 712 yards receiving on the season. 712? Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me do the math here. This is not good <laughs> podcasting, but we're going to take 1,000 uh, minus 712, and we're going to divide it by three. So he wow. needs 96 yards for the uh, per game. Well, it's, it's crazy. Like, you had 34 years between Arizona Cardinals 100 receiving yard games by a tight end, and then it took Trey McBride just 35 days to have the next one. I yeah. mean, he's, he's a special talent. And I encourage you to check out Johnny's latest Johnny on the Spot where, you know, and, it, and it, you can check the receipts. It went out on Saturday. He cut it earlier in the week. He was already on, hey, Trey McBride is the next, you know, one of the next best tight ends in the NFL. Yeah. Not just for the Arizona Cardinals because it's been a futile position since they moved to the desert, since Jackie Smith. 11 targets, 10 catches. How about that catch in the red zone for Kyler Murray going up yeah. and getting the football? Be nice to have a wide receiver or two that, that could help Kyler Murray in that aspect. We're going to talk about Trey McBride and more. But first, again, this postgame show, which we're loving everybody in the chat, by yeah. the way. Like this video. Let's get this to over 300 likes if we could. Uh, and for fun, let's talk about our friends at Arizona Lottery. Speaking of fun, holiday scratchers from Arizona Lottery make last-minute shopping easy. They make the perfect gift, folks. This is the scratcher for everybody on your list. They start at just $1 with top prizes up to five hundred grand. You can gift your holiday scratchers to anyone, naughty or nice, assuming they're of age. And, uh, again, perfect stocking stuff. Or get out and buy your holiday scratchers today. Find a retailer like our friends at Circle K. They got everything. Cheap gas plus scratchers or check them out. ArizonaLottery.com. Again, 21 and over. Uh, Cardinals would love to get a scratch off and hit on a couple wide receivers. But, you know, wait for that. I think for every like you give this video, it's another dollar that Osmanport will spend on the free agent market for a wide receiver. So make sure you like this video. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. It's it's just like a... Uh, Direct pipeline. Ferry gets its wings, and yeah. Angel gets its wings. That's how we're working here. Or maybe Johnny and Bo get a beer from Four Peaks. Every like that you drop here, because we love our friends over at Four Peaks, Eighth Street in Tempe, the OG woven into the fabric of this great state uh, of Arizona. Four Peaks been around since 1998, going into their 26 years, and man, what uh, a quarter of a decade it's been. It's tails down, kilts out. 
Uh, and of course, if we win or lose, we booze with Four Peaks. We love Kilt Lifter, their flagship. They have the number one rated wheat beer in the great state of Arizona. It's so delicious. The Wow and the Pumpkin Porters continue to flow like wine here in the great state of Arizona. Uh, you can get that Pumpkin Porter. The season continues. It's great for the holiday season. Check out their, uh, their of course, their seasonal beers that they have going on. Visit fourpeaks.com slash locator, and you'll find your favorite brewery tours and events. Check out at Four Peaks Brew and at Four Peaks Pub on your socials as well. you got to be 21 years or older, but I highly encourage you to go over to Four Peaks in Tempe. Enjoy a meal, appetizers, entrees, desserts, and, of course, great beer at Four Peaks. Uh, let's get to the super chat here. Uh, our friend in the chat asking, uh, this is from Alex. What happened with Kyler, who who went out? $1.99 Super Chat. Thank you so much, Alex. Looks like he just got hit in the groin. Uh, we're still waiting to hear from Howard Balzer, PHNX Cardinals beat reporter, talking again and talking to Kyler Murray. But it looks like avoided some significant injury to his groin area, was able to come back in the game. I mean, I, I think Kyler played pretty average today. And I know when I went out and said, you know, he was going to have a big day, I thought he was going to, especially after that first drive that immediately – went for six for the Cardinals, but right now this passing game just is going to lead to limitations this year. I've I've come to that realization. Like, I feel like we need to judge Kyler Murray, fair or not, on points, efficiency for this offense. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily Kyler Murray himself putting up five touchdowns circa Tennessee week one in 2021. Like, I, I feel like you're going to have to just look at, because the Cardinals had the hardest strength to schedule when Kyler Murray came back. They're going to have one of the hardest in the NFL. You're going to have to look at the offense in terms of total points and yardage and, and efficiency, pre-Kyler and post-Kyler. And if they're significant, which I would imagine that they're going to be, that's something that you can get really excited about because you know they're going to make upgrades at receiver. Don't just contextualize it and say, well, Dobbs had this and Toon had this and Colt McCoy in the past. It's just like, no, no, no. It's an unprecedented situation, Bo. It's a bottom-tier roster with a guy coming off an ACL in a new system. Right. And so mm-hmm. fair or not, I'm looking for moral victories, small victories, things to build on. And again, today, like 29 points is not nothing. I've seen this team be shut out, be lose 56 to nothing at Seattle. Like the Cardinals, they had some progress. They maybe took a step back or two in some areas. But again, I, I still feel very confident this team is going to move forward with Kyler Murray at quarterback. Yeah, I don't think today changes anything. Was it his best performance? No, not by any stretch. I think he wants those throws back, the two picks. Uh, and, and he probably felt like there were plays left on the field that he feels this this offense could have operated more efficiently. And, yeah. you know, Trey McBride, as we talked to him earlier this week on Monday, he, he basically outlined what they're doing on a week-to-week basis as far yeah. as how this is a work in progress. Yeah. And if, if you expected Kyler Murray to come back, I, I think that, you know, Atlanta was a freak show, that he was able to come back and perform like he did. Yeah. Uh, but to expect that each and every week against the strength of the schedule in a brand new offense, an offense that is completely different from the one that he was operating his entire NFL career previous to that with, you know, brand new footwork, brand new concepts, uh, and then working with the personnel that he has, if you're expecting, you know, him to to do that off the ACL injury, I, I think that you have you're, – you're expecting just a Herculean effort. You're expecting yeah. just superhuman play – I don't think any quarterback comes back and, and really puts up bigger numbers or the offense looks much better than, than you know, Kyler is doing right now. I mean, I think what like the next tier above what this is is, is otherworldly. Yeah, it's, I think, back to Pro Bowl-level play. I think, you're getting, I think you're getting more efficient play than Dobbs, but you're not getting vintage Kyler. 
And again, like I underestimated how bad this receiving core was going to be as the year went on. I thought, especially after the bye, you get right, guys are healthy. Yeah. Let's tune it up. Let's cook with gas. Today, I think, you know, barring something unforeseen, like this is it the rest of the year. It's going to be Trey and some running backs, and maybe yeah. you get a reception here or there. Like, you're not going to win many games like that. You got to get gonna... you got to get Michael Wilson going. I think Michael Wilson now has to prove himself. Is like, hey, can we rely on this guy next season as can, a starter? Can he? Yeah, can he be? You know, somebody that's going to make an impact because otherwise they do have the draft capital. They do have the the cap space. But let's let's be realistic in here. Like the 49ers are one of the league's best defenses. You know what Kyler Murray and this offense was able to do against another one of the league's best defenses in Pittsburgh. Uh, has it has it been uneven? Sure, absolutely. But yeah. if you expected and you know something more consistent, I think you're being unrealistic. But yeah. I, you know, the the I think that this organization, Johnny, and you've you've got it sourced as far as you know the relationship between Kyler and at least his coaching staff. But I think this relationship between Kyler and his coaching staff and the front office was. They wanted Kyler Murray to couple what they knew about him throughout the rehab process and what they liked about him with the play on the field. And I think he's done that to the extent to where they feel comfortable moving forward with him. I can tell you definitively, like, they want to see long-term what this roster looks like with Kyler Murray and and better players around him. I I think, again, like, they they could conceivably still end up with the first overall pick. Like, we don't know. Carolina could win two more games. And then that would become very difficult because – you know, Caleb Williams is Caleb Williams, but I, I don't I don't think they have any desire right now to replace Kyler Murray. I think that they yeah. they feel good about being able to support him into next year. And they they definitely view, and we've talked about this, Kyler Murray their best bet to get back to the postseason in, in 2024. Let's take a look at this super chat because I've got an easy answer for it. Uh, Nick, thank you for 499 super chat. Why do we still make excuses for half stack Daniel Jones? You don't know ball, Nick. If you think that Daniel Jones is anywhere close to the, the same caliber quarterback of Kyler Murray, you just don't know ball. If you think Daniel Jones with his two touchdowns and his six picks and the, the New York Giants not being able to compete and, you know, Tommy Cutlets and coming in there and being able to run, operate an offense way better than Daniel Jones, and you're going to lean on a playoff win over a fraudulent Vikings team, go ahead and do that. But if you think that they're the same caliber of quarterback, you're effing crazy. You're out of your mind. The arm talent, the ability to make plays, Kyler Murray is far better than Daniel Jones. It's not even close. Throw in a short joke, too. That just goes to show that you have no evidence to prove that. Well said. Let's count some cards, shall we? Uh, Here are some guys who made some plays today for the Arizona Cardinals despite the loss. James Conner, man, uh, just just dust off his contract and and pick up his option even though you don't have to. Make sure James knows on (laughs) the, the, the Monday after the season's over. Hey, James, you'll be back next year at your normal salary. We appreciate you, my guy. 86 rushing yards, 6.1 yards per carry, a touchdown. Uh, he and Demari DiMercato, I had Amari on there before the Higgins touchdown. He was great, too. Uh, he had a 49-yard touchdown. Great rushing game for the Arizona Cardinals. Higgins, uh, is this guy quickly going to have to become tight end, two with Jeff Swaim, unfortunately, being carted off? Higgins did make some plays today. Four for four with 44 yards receiving on the day. Yeah. This is a tight end running back offense right now. I feel good about this core. Uh, I feel great about Matt Prater. I had a text with my guy Seth Cox, who's at revengeofthebirds.com, mm-hmm. basically asked me, is Prater the greatest time signing of all time? <laughs> I think it's between him and James Conner. Like, he, whatever Kime was doing that offseason, he yeah. was cooking with gas. That, that offseason where he brought back everybody on a one-year deal, 
Matt Prater is a marvel. He and Trey McBride deserve Pro Bowl bursts, but these are guys we're counting on into next year. I would I would expect Connor and Prater to be back. Like I, Prater's too fucking valuable. You can't let him go. Is like it, I, isn't Prater under contract? Is he? A, did he get yeah. a two year deal this offseason? He's fantastic. James Connor, pay him what he needs to. I mean, like James Connor and Michael Carter and Amari DiMercato, Like, listen, those guys ran for over 200 yards today. That's pretty good. Kyler mixed in. Or excuse me, Kyler at 49, uh, Michael Carr at 27. But the point remains, like the Cardinals, even without a blue blue chip first round, second round back in his yeah. mid 20s, like Nick Chubb, they can manufacture a run game, and that's Petsy. That's the Kyle Shanahan scheme, and we should feel good about that because if there's something you can hang your hat on after this year, it's you can see the the the, the begin the, the the start of the evolution of this Cardinal offense running the football. And it really depends on, you know, mixing and matching, putting some guys in position to be successful. They can come away every day and say, we can run the football. 234, 7.8 yards per clip against San Francisco. That's great. That's an identity and a formula you can lean on like they get against Pittsburgh. What they have to be able to remedy now is they got to have playmakers to go up and get the football for Kyler Murray. Like, you've got the offensive line, I think, in good shape. Not great. We make some tweaks. Running game looks good. Tight ends are flipping fantastic. We feel good about the quarterback, at least we do, not our guy David in the chat. But uh, the receiving core, that's that's the big checklist right now. Yeah. And it almost feels like everything else has a really good starting point. The re- the receiving core f- feels like a gut job to me. Like, I, I was with you. Michael Wilson, I was ready to anoint a starter next year. I don't think you can do that. It was Nick, by the way, not David. I think, I think you have to look at multiple additions in free agency in the draft. I put this out there like – I'm, I'm ready to have the conversation. Like, if T. Higgins hits the market, if they don't franchise tag T. Higgins, you have to have a conversation with T. Higgins. Fire agent. up the PJ, Michael. and then Fire and, up the PJ. Get your ass to wherever he – if it's not Cincinnati, if he's – I don't know, he went to Clemson. Is 20, he in South Carolina somewhere? Don't let him talk to Isaiah Simmons or DeAndre Hopkins <laughs> before he comes here. But Look, it doesn't matter. Here's yeah. what's going to talk. Monies. Yeah. Give him all the monies he needs. He can, be, he can be the wide receiver that you need. Did you see the plays that he had? Uh, on Saturday, uh, I, I want to get back to one point as far as Elijah Higgins, the, the day that he had uh, Damian Parson of the Draft Network uh, quote tweeted when I just kind of reported the touchdown from yeah. Elijah Higgins. It was his first career tutty. He's a converted wide receiver out of Stanford. He actually had more receiving yards for the Stanford Cardinal last year than uh, Michael Wilson did. And Michael Wilson obviously dealt with some injuries, but. Look, he's he's a I think he's a talented kid and, and DP or Damian Parsons said that he's a perfect complement for Trey McBride. Trey McBride is like almost a complete package. He does yeah. enough for you in the passing game, in it's the special. running game, in, in the blocking game that you know you all you need is something to complement him. And I think that Higgins does that. I think he's emerging as, as a playmaker, you know, underneath. He's he's athletic enough to with the ball in his hands that he's making plays. And like even earlier this season when he was having a tough time hanging on the football, he was getting open. Like, he's got separation ability, mismatching. Like, look what they've done with Trey and Higgins and Michael Wilson when he was cooking. They have a type. It's not small. And the Cardinals went all in on small, not a quarterback, but the receiving core with Kime. And it's not working in this offense. That's why, like, I will go to the ends of the earth. Like, if they bring back Hollywood Brown, it's a huge mistake. Even, like, like a vet minimum deal. What does it give you next year? What are you getting from that? You're getting nothing from that. You're taking away reps from a younger player that could be helping you. You need to go out and get Higgins is over six foot. Go out and get Marvin Harrison Jr. We're going to talk about it. Six, four specimen. Take a mid-round receiver again with one of your three threes. 
flush this offense with big physical playmakers. Like you can you can manufacture yards with big physical guys. You don't need everybody to run a four two. Now Marvin's the anomaly. He's like Trey McBride, where like he can do everything, right? But I think we got so infatuated with, hey, Rondell Moore can run a 4-3, and Hollywood Brown's a deep threat. And, uh, no, no, no. How about <laughs> make first downs? Score in the red zone. You want to know why the Cardinals were terrible in the red zone throwing the football? It's because nobody can get open because everybody's small. They can't go up and get the football. Like, they, they have to gut this receiving core. Well, you and made, I think they will. Yeah, you made a comp uh, earlier this week. And, you know, like I said earlier in the show, couldn't, you're, you're almost light years away from it, but you've got one of the pieces in place. Yeah, as far as the tight end. Yeah, the Niners. They got George Kittle. That was kind of the only weapon. That was it. Jimmy G era, right? It was like it was like it was bef- after Anquan was there, yeah. and uh, Michael Crabtree was gone, yeah. and they had a bunch of just guys. They had a bunch of Jags, just right. a guy. And then they go in the second round, and they get AJ Brown out of Ole Miss, and then they trade Debo for Samuel. a first. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, the other old yeah. Debo Samuel, uh, and then they go and they get uh, their guy from from ASU in Brandon Ayuk yeah. in the, in the, at the end of the first round. Um, so you know, th- then they supplemented the pass game, yeah. and and then you know those guys all complemented each other so unbelievably well. And yeah. then of course Christian McCaffrey takes this thing to the next level. But uh, and then Brock Purdy, he was the bow. Yeah, he w- he was the guy that was able to kind of stir it all up. So, but. I think having Trey McBride, um, at least being able to say that, and, and then it's it's really it is unfortunate that they haven't been able to really say, hey, this is a wide receiver that can make plays for us. Uh, I, I'm I'm kind of surprised that it's deteriorated. It hasn't. You at least could say, okay, Michael Wilson. Well, he's missed four games so far. I think he's hit a rookie wall. I, I think that's what's happening. He got if he's got up. if he's got the time to to stay refreshed, that, that's concerning. That's that's concerning. Like the concern that you had out of the, from the jump can, remains a concern. He and BJ Ojolari have kind of switched spots. Like you feel better yeah. about BJ Ojolari, and Paris has been great, and Garrett Williams is playing well. But I like this comment from Ken. I think it's spot on. I think it puts a bow on it. We still have little air raid receivers. That's what yeah. it's. It's like yeah. you're, you're. It's like you're putting a, a round peg in a square hole, or vice versa. It's just they're just not a fit. And, like, they weren't overly productive with Cliff Kingsbury in, yeah. in his old offense. Like, I think you do enough times and it's not working, you, you, you switch it up. And, like, I want to see more of what Drew Petzing thinks is a quality NFL receiver because clearly he's figured out the run game. He's, I mean, you can't dispute this. He's unlocked Trey McBride. Like, give McBride all the flowers and we will. And he was robbed of opportunities with Zach Ertz, respectfully, at the tail end of his career. He's still not signed, by the way, as you pointed out. But, like, Drew Petstein's offense features the tight end. It sure as hell features Trey McBride. Now go out. you got to find your Amari Cooper that he had in Cleveland last year. That-esque type of – and then certainly in San Francisco. And those guys you find in the draft, and on occasion you get one in free agency. So let's get back some of these super chats um, because you guys are crushing it. Like this video. Let's get to, to 300 likes while we're live. That would be awesome. Topic 64, 499, friend of the program. The, thing, the only thing I'm sure of is that McBride and Higgins would be a great uh, – Two receiver, two tall, awesome two, tall receivers. Absolutely. And I see a lot of people pushing back like Higgins isn't a number one. Like, okay. I, I mean, he's a high-end number two. And then maybe if you found another high-end number two, is Trey McBride your number one? I mean, how many teams deploy two rock-solid tight ends? It hasn't happened since the New England Patriots had Gronk yeah. and, and Hernandez. And that might have been the only duo, truly. Oh, he's talking about Elijah Higgins. My bad. Yeah. 
But I, I mean, what he's saying is he likes Trey McBride as tight end one, yeah. and then what Higgins provides is a compliment as a tight end two. And he's 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 a pass catching guy. He, he's he's going to be because he's a converted wide receiver. It's still going to take him time. We don't even know if he'll ever be able to be a complete tight end, and that's 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 fine. He's not your he's not your tight end one. And then if he's you just a weapon. if you bring in if you were able to get two wide receivers, and I think I saw Jessica in the in the chat saying Higgins and Marvin Harrison Jr. Chef's kiss, like of course, but. It still doesn't solve all the issues of this team. But they have the money and they have the draft cap. They could easily sure. do that. Like, well, we're not going to sit here and say it's a pipe dream. Let's get to this next super chat. Uh, Nazaire 499 thank you so much. How can anyone question K1 is insane? You just put up 29 points on the best team in the league. Get him some help. Drew can get creative or has got to get creative. I agree with that. It's the point I made. I think, again, like, if you're the quarterback of this offense, you get credit for putting up damn near 30 points against San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I, I like I'll give I'll give you immense credit for that. You turn the ball over twice, inexcusable. He'll say that you got to fix that. But again, like, did people expect the Cardinals to win this game? Let me ask you this: Who had the worst game today for the Cardinals? Across the, wide, the board, the wide receivers, yeah, right? yeah, for sure. Who, who else? Who else deserves criticism for this game? I think that. I mean, I don't. I, I think Nick Rawls deserves some yeah, criticism. Yeah, wasn't that his thir- best in the second the half. The third and eleven still makes me upset with like Buddha thir- fake blitzing. Yeah, yeah. What was that? It was some in between. Buddha showed blitz, and then halfway after the snap, he drops on Kittle, who's just running wide open yeah. for a huge play. If they get off the field there, it can, can completely change the complexion of that game. If they get the fumble return that was reversed, if they get the the fumble that Buda Baker picked up and ran with, like it, it, the Cardinals had some tough breaks go their way, and I, somebody pointed this out, like a team that's three and ten versus the darlings of the NFL, you're not going to get calls like that. You got to earn that with with winning, right? And and you got to earn that with with respect and a resume. And it's not fair, but it's the reality of the NFL, and a lot of teams go through it. And the Cardinals are really going through it right now. But at the end of the day, like a couple things really positive you can take away from this game is like you yeah. feel like you've got. Some, some building blocks that are young on your roster that can help you translate into next season and, and get you to the playoffs. Like Kyler Murray and Trey McBride and James Conner and Paris Johnson Jr., some of these key defenders can help you get to the postseason, get you to 9 to 10 wins next year. You just have to have a good offseason. Like, it would have been terrible. Kyler Murray gets knocked out of the game, never return. We're having a completely different mm-hmm. conversation today. would have been terrible if Trey McBride had went to the locker room and never came back. Yeah. Both those guys came back against the toughest shit Niner defense. How about Kyler? Yeah, both of them came back. Yeah, Kyler, you had the below the belt. Right. Uh, hate to even joke about that. That's 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 brutal. But we've he, all been there. Not from an NFL player, right. but yeah. Uh, and to get it from an NFL player, that that's that's tough. Uh, several of you saying that the secondary in the chat, and I agree. The, the secondary, it, w- it was a tough look. I today. mean, they're starting undrafted players. They're starting rookies. They're starting six Starling rounders. Starling Thomas had a, had a tough start. Uh, you had Antonio Hamilton who, who came out. And he was flying around, and then it, it almost be- he became a, a bit of a liability out there. Uh, I didn't like uh, some of the, the calls on, on Hamilton and, and on the, the defensive line. Um, but, yeah, the secondary, it, it's going to continue to struggle. I, I, I'm going to have to rewatch the film, see what kind of day Keytrail Clark had. I, I didn't really see him. I mean, guys were wide open. I just, come on. Like, I, a lot of these players will not be on the team after these next three games. Like, the, the cornerstone players on this team, I thought, played fine today. <laughs> fine to good. 
I'm not going to get broken up about guys who are practice squad level players that didn't play well against the best team in the NFL. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know what, Roy Lopez, you just got to be better. No, Roy Lopez was available and was cut, and he's a starting NFL defensive lineman that shouldn't be. He's a practice squad level player. Chris Barnes and Josh Woods are backups. They're nice guys, but they're backups. And you're going to ask them to take on Trent Williams when he's pulling and Christian McCaffrey in space? What are we doing? I, I just they lost because you're white. They lost about four defensive linemen on a team everybody already projected to be the worst in the NFL. Yeah. Like you're wasting your breath. Like you wanna have you wanna criticize Kyler Murray, I get that. Albeit I think it's unfair because he's off a torn ACL in a new system, but you do you. Hollywood Hollywood Brown, number one receiver, not yeah. a factor, right? You wanna critique these guys making big money with big expectations, do that. But like some like you're you're it's like we're yelling into the wind on on some of this stuff. Come on, like the Niners are unequivocally the best roster in the NFL. This is how tough the wide receiver court. This is the this is how bad we're down. Uh, BKSD TV saying 2021 AJ Green uh, as me. Uh, it was it was higher than that uh, in the chat there, Damon. Yeah, AJ Green was like Jerry Rice compared to this crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the guy who <laughs> caused so much frustration with this fan base by not turning around in that uh, big game against the Packers. Uh, but everybody having some fun with it. That's why you're all the best. Um, let's see. Humble Rumber 49ers got Bosa, Young, Warner, Ward. Yeah, they, they've got a stacked lineup on both sides of the football. Uh, and then we've got some super chats here. Alex chiming back in. 499 super chat. Thank you so much, Alex. Our offense is looking like KC superstar TE underwhelming receivers. The current iteration of uh the Chiefs who are struggling, uh, they're still far away from that, right? And, and Kyler Murray's still got a, pro- a lot to prove at the quarterback position to to even sniff what Patrick Mahomes is doing. Uh, you know, I think the off-schedule stuff will start to come once he be, he's able to work kind of between the lines of this offense. Yeah. And I still think, you know, with they've, they've got to do that in the next three games. Like, is encouraged by you can, you can be by 29 points. And I still think that there was too many poor plays um i think that they they still have you know the next three games that they need to get back on schedule play within the offense limit the turnovers and and continue to show progress like the progress they showed against pittsburgh and and like sometimes when you get the kyler haters in the chat you get off base because you have to come to the defense of it but it's the reality still remains like you want to see progress from from this from this offense so you've seen the falcons which you're one up, right? And then the next game against the Texans, you're down one, so you're even. And then the next game against the Rams, you're down minus one. And then you get back up to even with a performance against the Steelers. Now you're probably down one again. So I think you have to have a rebound performance. I mean, all the teams you just mentioned are either playoff teams or on the cusp of making the playoffs that the Cardinals have lost to. Does anybody think the Cardinals are a playoff yeah, team? Yeah, two and three under with Kyler back. I mean, with a, with a very limited roster. Uh, you don't have to be limited with our friends at Desert Financial Credit Union, the official credit union of our Arizona Cardinals. For more than 84 years, Desert Financial has been Arizona's largest, most trusted local credit union, dedicated to creating exceptional experiences by giving back to the community and providing financial solutions that make lives better. Look for Desert Financial for checking, savings accounts, mortgages, loans, credit cards, investment options, and more. Again, represent the Red Sea. It's tough today, but rep them regardless with the Arizona Cardinal Visa debit card. I've done it online. You can, too. It takes like 10 minutes. Open a free checking account. Your debit card is going to be in the mail. Get you in a couple days later. Go to desertfinancial.com cardinals to get started. I was so fortunate enough to make it out to one of these home 
game watch parties out here at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. This place is unbelievable. It's the best casino in the Valley of the Sun. It's not even close. The giant TVs that they have that you can you can watch off the balcony up here from the sports book. It's unreal. The attention, the detail from the table games down on the floor to those TVs to the service staff here to the you know the bay here where you can hit golf balls, just throw passes like your Kyler Murray, uh, you know from the shotgun. Gila River Resorts and Casinos is the real deal no doubt about it nobody does it better uh i you know next home game i guarantee you i'm going to be sitting back in the press box at state farm stadium but i'm so fortunate to get out here got to meet up with a bunch of great arizona cardinals fans who wish they could have seen a dub but they had a blast with us they got some free t-shirts they had some great times they had a lot of beers and they had a lot of great food come join us on the final home watch party of the year in the regular season finale uh, and in the beginning of January right here at Gila River Resorts and Casino. Visit PlayHila.com for more details. Uh, speaking of our friends at Desert Financial, let's uh, count some numbers. Uh, open this with the Arizona Cardinals losing to the 49ers 45-29. to Again, this is by our friends at Desert Financial Credit Union by the numbers Check them out, DesertFinancialCreditUnion.com. Cardinals had more total yards than San Francisco, 436 to 406. That yards per play, though, stark difference. Uh, Niners almost doubled up Arizona, 9.4 to 4.8. Then those two turnovers. I mean, the Niners had two turnovers that were wiped away by the officiating crew. Cardinals had those two picks by Kyler Murray. And then, of course, you know, I thought the Cardinal offensive line was good today despite three sacks. I thought those were coverage sacks. And then on the flip side, like we talked about, Cardinals not generating enough enough pressure like the, the Cardinals didn't make the Niners uncomfortable today. I think that that's what this reflects outside of the total yards yeah uh, yeah Brock Purdy I think took one shot knocked him out of the game um and that wasn't enough uh, otherwise it was th- this front seven they I don't know what they were doing they were just out there running plays and getting absorbed hats on hats from the San Francisco 49ers offensive lineman a credit to them one of the best groups in the league, and they're led by probably the best player still in the NFL at his age, and Trey Williams still just just moving people around. And we talk about places we need to address, and I love people in the chat. My God, everybody talking about the draft capital, the 11 picks that they have right now, the cap space already having around $70 million. That's with Kyler Murray's extension kicking in next year. James Car- Connor on the books. Yeah. The, the, the Arizona Cardinals offseason is going to be a blast. And somebody's saying if they're not aggressive this this upcoming offseason, yeah, that's going to be truly disappointing. They can't have the status quo from the previous two offseasons where you, you and I are sitting here uh, waiting to fire up an emergency podcast, but instead we're twiddling our thumbs. Yeah, I, you just have to spend money. Like everybody, everybody has the same amount of money to spend. Uh, and the Cardinals, like I see a lot of people saying, well, Michael Bidwell's cheap. And certainly that's that's true for a lot of the unfortunate situations that the players encounter or previously mm-hmm. have based on the NFLPA grades. But if you're Steve Kime used to bleed this salary cap dry. I mean, the Cardinals were one of the most active teams in free agency, in part because Steve couldn't draft very well. Right. But it's not like they were ever just hanging on to like $75, $100 million in cap space. They will spend this offseason. I see somebody in the chat basically saying like, I'd be fired up. Super chat if uh, we get Marvin Harrison Jr. But regardless, I'm excited, as Ron says, for the offseason. I appreciate the super chat, and I agree. Like, let's talk about that, Marvin Harrison Jr., because the Cardinals are three games away from from Marvin Harrison Jr. I can tell you unequivocally, like, uh, the quarterback situation, unless Kyler completely falls apart, K1's going to be your quarterback. If they have the second or third pick, like, 
they're going to be in a position to take Marvin Harrison Jr. I think they would take Marvin Harrison Jr. over trading back Mm -hmm. for a quarterback, like situation, somebody coming up to get a quarterback. I still think the Cardinals right now, if you had to ask me today, I think New England loses out. Panthers are are not going to win another game. And then the Cardinals potentially could win one more. If the Cardinals win one more game, though, it's going to be difficult with how the commanders are playing right now that look a little bit lifeless, moving from three to four. In your opinion, Bo, if the Cardinals beat the Bears, if they somehow beat the Eagles, or if they beat the Seattle Seahawks at home, are, are you of the opinion that that is detrimental to the long-term health of this team, given the fact that they would subsequently lose out on Marvin Harrison Jr.? I think you're just looking for positive performances at this point. And if it comes it, with a win, that that's, uh, I, I guess, kind of a casualty. I think you're willing to, to absorb. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you want to get – and I love this graphic, seeing a big number 18 there, because he would – he would be an immediate, you know, part of the solution for what you're looking for and the lack of productivity from from the wide receiver core. But it's not the only option to to get better at wide receiver. I mean, even in the draft, when you look at it, like it, there's it goes as five deep as far as first round yeah. caliber wide receivers. And you know, next on the board is Malik Neighbors, Roma Dunze from Washington. You're going to watch him play in the college football playoff semifinals. Keon Coleman. Later rounds, Jerron Polk also playing at Washington. Troy Flank Franklin from Oakland, or from Oregon. Johnny Wilson, who's going to be at the Senior Bowl in, in Mobile. Brandon Rice from USC. Uh, his dad's pretty good at football. He's a little bit bigger than his dad, Jerry Rice. 6'3 out of USC. Uh, they all fit the mold. And then the, there's the free agent guys, you know, as I mentioned, Piggin, uh, Pittman, Higgins, Calvin Ridley, Gabe Davis, Noah Brown, Tyler Boyd. Yeah. Any of those guys can help your wide receiver core. They're options. You got many of them. And that, that those are guys that aren't under contract. And there's always the surprise sometimes where they become cap casualties and somebody doesn't fit. Who knows what the trade market looks like. There's going to be opportunities to upgrade. I, I agree with all everything you just said. You articulated it very well. You, you painted a picture that we might have to face that reality where you get a Joel and somebody else in the mm-hmm. first round. I'm okay with that. But I, I also feel like Cardinal fans deserve Marvin Harrison Jr. <laughs> I, I think we've gone through a disastrous two-year stretch of, of watching a team maybe compete this year, not win many football games. You should be rewarded with the best player in college football. If you have a belief in Kyler Murray, which the franchise does, go get the best player in the draft. You're not in a position if you're Arizona Cardinal, certainly at receiver, to pass on the best player in the draft. The commanders are your biggest threat right now to potentially, with a gut job coming, steal Marvin Harrison Jr. Now they play the Jets next week, as people point out in the chat. That's, you know, that's in New York, but that's not a far travel game. Like, let's see if Sam Howell and the early slate can do that. Yeah. They also play Dallas the last week of the season. Dallas loses today. If Dallas is in a position where they can't win the division on January 7th, does, do the Dallas Cowboys, knowing they have to play the next week, sit players? Mm-hmm. I think there's a, there's a possibility of that, that they could be sitting players ahead of the wild card round. So I'm, I'm not ready to say the commanders are completely done. But they are the realistic, you know, option to potentially steal. Because what happened that was important today that we watched that was we're not going to talk about what happened in Houston. That was depressing with the Titans in Tennessee. But the Chicago Bears took an L today. Mm -hmm. And for the better part of two weeks, we had to hear from our friends at CHGO, (laughs) Chicago Bear fans, that they're going to take Marvin Harrison Jr. first overall. The fuck you are. (laughs) Your quarterback can't complete passes. He was under 50 percent. Two interceptions today. I like Justin Fields. Iberflus fired. Ryan Poles potentially fired. You think they're going to saddle another head coach GM combination like Jim Harbaugh with Justin Fields? So I, I, I do think 
the Bears are, might take a receiver. Who knows? They're not yeah. taking – you told me before the show. It would be classic Bears incompetence fashion, as much as we love Marvin, to pass on a Caleb Williams and not replace Justin Fields and add just another receiver to the fold. Yeah, it, w- it would be it would be a tough sell. I mean, it's, it's going to be a polarizing decision no matter what they do, right? Yeah. I mean, because there is – uh, like like what the the quarterback we have in our own by, backyard, it, polarizing nonetheless. And Justin Fields certainly is that. You see the skill set, but you don't see it translating into a lot of wins on the football field for Chicago. And they're at a crossroads, right? Yeah. They're going to have to make a decision on his fifth year option. They're going to just need to make a decision on if he's the guy moving forward with, or do they pivot off for a Caleb Williams or even enter into the conversation a Drake May, the, the two quarterbacks that are going to be in the conversation. So. Uh, if if they you know make this late surge, we'll call it right, a, a fraudulent win over the Vikings with four picks from Joshua Dobbs and no touchdowns and Joe Flacco despite throwing three interceptions. My God, that's those are two games where they were they were aided by seven turnovers from the starting quarterback couldn't and they, they either law they either squeaked by or just couldn't get it done like today. Joe Flacco made enough throws down the stretch for Cleveland when Justin Fields, you can't say the same for that. Uh, you think Kyler Murray would have fun with D.J. Moore? I do. They got D.J. Moore, Cole Komet. I know Mooney dropped a touchdown. He's competent. Uh, so Justin Fields has won nine games in his NFL career. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray has won 22% of that this year. He's won two games. That's 22% <laughs> of Justin Fields' career wins in three years in the NFL. So, I mean, he's a, he's, he's a solid player. Yeah. He's not worth passing on a franchise quarterback at the top of the draft if you're a new regime. Let's get back to these Super Chats. Let's do it. Damon Dog, if we could. Ben Cork, $5. Thank you so much, Ben. Higgins has put up a few big plays over the last few games. Mm-hmm. He has put on some NFL weight and step up in the blocking game. And we have a cheap rookie tight end, too. Absolutely. He was a six-rounder for a reason. The Cardinals used, I think, their top waiver claim before the season started to bring him in. Mm-hmm. And they said, uh, Ben, we've, we've had a chance to connect with the team, like, Trey, the biggest gap for him to start this year was the blocking piece. And I think that's probably what they'll do this offseason is really work with Higgins on that because I, you have your two tight ends, in my opinion, for next year. Like Jeff Swaim, unfortunately, looks like that looks like a serious injury. Yeah. I hope I'm wrong. And then Trey McBride, or excuse me, Zach Ertz is obviously gone. Like, I, I think you feel pretty good about the tight The tight end historically has been awful for Arizona. Now it's like one of your strongest positions, certainly one of your youngest, more athletic groups. Yeah. So I agree with you, Ben. Well, even with the uh, well, with the unfortunate injury to Swaim, who I think his his contributions have transcended even the playing field. Yeah, absolutely, they're, they're very high on on Swaim, and they they couldn't believe that Monty Osfort was able to get him on the roster before the start of the season. Now, you might scoff at that and say, you know, what, what's he done? What's his production been? But like now, it gives another opportunity to another rookie. Like yeah. I think Blake Whitehart probably, uh, who was inactive, who's, who's had a couple strings of uh, healthy and active games. I think he now gets his shot, yeah. right? And I think that your three tight ends are going to be a second-year player in, in uh, Trey McBride and two rookies in uh, in Elijah Higgins and Blake Whitehart. Not too bad. You're going to get to see what these guys are made of. Not too bad. We've got almost 100 likes. Get this to 300. Can you guys do that for us? <laughs> Dan T. Back-to-back Super Chats. $2. Thank you, Dan. More excuses made for Kyler Murray, followed by Kyler not a one-fourth billion-dollar quarterback. Dan, I, I think you're going to be disappointed, man. I I feel pretty confident they're going to roll with Kyler Murray next year. This and is I, this is what I know what Dan knows about the quarterback position. He was coming after us for saying that Clayton Toon was not going to have a good game against Cleveland. He said we were too harsh on Clayton Toon. Clayton Toon had a performance that dated back before the evolution of the forward forward pass. Dan, uh, and to say that he's not a quarter of a million billion dollar quarterback, you're getting overwhelmed by the price tag of what it costs to pay a quarterback these days. That's just the cost of doing business in the NFL. 
And it's not even a high call. It's going to be like bottom of the top 10. And Kyler Murray, I think, is going to be a top 10 quarterback next year. Jalen Blair, $5 Super Chat. Underrated thing about finishing third is our staff will get to coach the Senior Bowl. How about it? Since the Panthers will have new a coach, will uh, be greatly beneficial. And the Patriots. That's an interesting. I like that, Jalen. That's awesome. That's called added value, Jalen. Kudos to you. (laughs) PR Mac, $5. Imagine what what those those juniors and seniors are going to find out about Nick Rollis and Drew Petzing and Israel Wolfwork and if if does does Jonathan Gannon get to get mixed up in it? He's usually coordinators. It's usually not a head coach. I think get, he, no, he's there. I think the head coach is there. Because I'm, I'm thinking At back the to last year. The, the Raiders had their defensive coordinators, the head coach, and then the Bears had. Oh, I don't, really? I don't think uh, Eberflus coached. They're there though. They're there hanging out. They're contributing. He, you could bet your ass he's going to be there. Yeah, he's got a scouting background, and Monty and Dave Sears, who are all stars in the front office, are going to be. They might head to the to, to the Reese's Senior Bowl like the day after the season's over. Just put, put, <laughs> Just a, put, put a roof down. Yeah, PR Mac five dollars. Yes, I agree. We need two wide receivers. We can draft them. I also like Troy Franklin. Absolutely, he's fantastic with the Ducks. Marvin Harrison Jr. We need Brian Burns. Bonafide rush upgrade. Let's go, Monty. We've I've, we talked about this before. Mm-hmm. They're going to spend in free agency, and I think a lot of it's going to be dictated, obviously, on like do the other teams franchise these players? Do they have an interest in playing in Arizona? I, I, I can just tell you, like unequivocally, the position I've heard that they view as like the most likely to spend big money on is a cornerback, like a number one corner. Part of that is I think this draft class is is solid, does, doesn't have a number a true number one mm-hmm. that's worthy of a top five selection, and also they've got young corners that they like. They need a veteran. Um, but again, yeah. I, that was before the, the the houses burned down at the wide receiving core, and that might force the issue. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm just telling you right now, like, the cornerback room has not been good. It's been better since Keytrail yeah. Clark's been entering the lineup. Like, the, the wide receiver, like, you can't operate an NFL right. offense like this. Yeah. Soul Pancakes. Bo will stand by Kyler if Kyler throws 10 picks in a game and blame the rest of them. Yeah, because that's happened before Kyler Murray's come close to being a turnover machine like that. I blamed him for the two picks today. Soul Pancakes, I recognize your name from social media, buddy. How's Isaiah Simmons playing in New York, bud? How's he doing? Is he making an impact there, or is it uh, is it on the organization again? I don't even know what the, We appreciate the views, old Panta- Pancakes. <laughs> Drop us a like, would you? Uh, you guys are fantastic today. Chase coming to my defense. Knock it off. He would. Insensible Bo has reasonable takes. No cap. Thank you, Chase. We appreciate that. Uh, can we check out Monty Austin Ford's smiling head? Or not so smiling head. <laughs> the Texans tracker via our friends Damn at the it. Arizona Lottery. We nearly had another one today. I hate that so much. I jinxed it. I said, I thought they were going to blow them out. It's 13-0. wasn't competitive. I was cruising in the Gila River. I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> let's get let's get this going, baby. And then they blew it. Uh, give credit. D'Amico Ryans is fantastic. Let's give him credit. Uh, it's going to be a good pick regardless because it's in the, in the first round. But, yeah, the pipe dream of it being top 10 again. I think that was wishful thinking yeah. on, on my part. It was going to be a stretch anyway. I mean, th- this is a cakewalk uh, schedule. And, you know, this was this was the, the opportunity, the door coming back open without C.J. Stroud, without Will Anderson Jr., and the Titans fumbled the bag. Nico Collins, Tank Dell, Vrabel, that's embarrassing. You should be – I would be embarrassed today. Like, I think Vrabel's a, a top-10 coach, but, like, if you're a Titan fan today, that you got Will Levis and you've, you're talking yourselves into – that's your QB1 next year. He looked awful today. Yeah. You got abused by D'Amico Ryan. D'Amico Ryans is a fantastic – like – the Niners are great. They miss D'Amico Ryan still. Like, like D'Amico Ryan's doesn't allow the, the Cardinals to run for 250 yards today. Like, they, yeah. he, he's a, a generational quarterback or a defensive coordinator prospect turned NFL head coach. So, 
Congratulations to Houston. That's a that's disappointing. I'm gonna tell you what's not disappointing. Our friends at BetMGM, fifteen hundred dollar first bet offer. Sunday night game tonight. You want to dabble on it? Do it with our friends at BetMGM. Bonus code PHNX. Download the BetMGM sportsbook app or check them out. BetMGM.com. My picks today. I think I did pretty well. Damon Dog, would you care to share with the viewers Johnny's picks from the pregame show? You you don't have to pull it up. You just tell them because <laughs> I was hot, baby. I said the over would hit. Debo Samuel times two. There it is. Uh, and then Marquise Hollywood Brown. We're going to ignore that for two for three. <laughs> and the and you know what? The big one hit. I could you could have gotten that plus six hundred before the game. I told you that was hitting. It's folks. over four units profit right there. I've seen this team get their ass beat by the Niners enough to know <laughs> who's going to do it, when and how. Uh, but if you want to dabble like I did with uh, BetMGM, just sign up using that bonus code PHNX. Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through the app itself. you got to at least deposit at least 10 bucks. If that bet loses, your bonus bets will be, will be available once your initial wager is settled. So if you lose, you get it back. Just, just be patient. Check out the show notes for full details. And now listen to my guy. I miss him every day. Shane Diefenbach. Talk about it in the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. Got about, what, seven shopping days till Christmas? Let me uh, knock off a couple of the presents you have to buy with our friends over at OG's Brands at ogsbrands.com. Unwrap the merry, bright, downright delicious gift of OG's gummies this holiday season. Whether you're gifting a friend or treating yourself or making your holiday party a little bit more interesting, you can find it over at our friends over at OG's. From the lightweight, friendly, many OG's to the heavy-hitting pegs, RSO, they have something for everyone on this year's Nice Lift. You have to check it out. Of course, a variety of bold flavors. OG's gummies are slam dunk for your taste buds. Plus, you can customize your experience based on the desired effect and strength. To learn more about OG's, check out their website, ogsbrands.com. Check them out in your local dispensary. They're all around the Valley of the Sun. Got to be 21 years or older. Uh, so as we you know, put a bow on today, as we look ahead can to, I just, to the Can I weekend? point out one yeah. more just Hall of Fame hypocrisy yeah. from our guy Whole Soul Fang, uh, Pancakes? He's yeah. saying, it's funny you expect a player who got traded a week before the season that starts the team to already establish the defense. Go check the PFF on Isaiah and talk to me when he's – talk about making excuses for a player. Get out of here with that. Isaiah Simmons is going to be out of football in about three days. <laughs> <laughs> he had two tackles today. Check out his PFF grade. What's his impact to the game? Uh, the Giants are a bad let's, team. Let's go, let's go to somebody. He's with, a bad player on a yeah. bad team. Like Cardinals have plenty of those. You want some bad players on a bad team? Marco Wilson plays for the Cardinals. We don't talk about him every two seconds. <laughs> Jay, super chat, five dollars. I appreciate the passion from you two. It's made it a uh, uh, this unbearable season watchable. Thank you, Go Cards. We appreciate you, Chase. Thank you so much for the five dollars super chat. And listen. I welcome a difference of opinion. I've yes. got people on Twitter uh, constantly. Some of them are a little bit more relevant and some of them are irrelevant in my mentions talking about, you know, fanboy this. And, you know, listen, you guys come up. Everybody's going to be testy. They're three and 11. They're right. not very good. They haven't won a bunch of games, but uh, we can only give you our honest opinion. Yeah. You're with the team every day. We talk to people within, you know, the sources within the organization or close to the team. And like, they still believe in Kyler Murray. They want Kyler Murray to be the guy. They think he can be the guy. 
like, and we just happen to agree with that. Right. If I if I didn't agree with that, I'd come up and say that's the wrong decision. Like we told you all offseason, they believe Colt McCoy was good for them to start the year. We were like, that's fucking dumb. Don't do that. <laughs> and it bit him in the ass. And then I, I can be wrong about Trey McBride. I didn't like the draft pick when they drafted him. Like, listen, you just, you just at the end of the day, it's just let's be objective here. Kyler Murray is a top 10 quarterback when he's healthy. And he, he had a, a failing college head coach and a general manager that was poisoning this franchise, holding him back. And he got to the playoffs yep. in a division with Sean McVay, Pete Carroll, and Kyle Shanahan. And so, like, I'm sorry if they just don't want to throw that out when you could draft Drake May and he could be fucking Bryce Young. You don't know. Nobody knows this. Like, there's a good chance that either Caleb Williams or Drake May underperforms as an NFL player. Like, the way history has shown you, one of those guys is going to hit, one of those guys is going to be a bust. That's yeah. just how you, you would rather go into next year knowing Kyler Murray at 26 is bought in and can get you to the playoffs. This team is potentially going to go 0-6 in the division. They're going to have three or four wins to their credit, and then they got to go through all next year, and they're going to try to acclimate a young quarterback. and block. No, they're going to try to, to win games to keep their jobs long-term. And I'm not saying that their jobs are in jeopardy, but it's like you, if you're Jonathan Gannon, do you want to be like, oh, yeah, let me introduce Caleb Williams and Drake May to the NFC right. West. <clears throat> and then subsequently, that pick then doesn't become an immediate impact player like Marvin Harrison Jr. or Fashino or Joe Alt or whomever you want to select there. So you're, you're immediately removing that. But you've seen Kyler Murray do it before, and they see it in practice every day. That's the difference between, like, Justin Fields has never done at the NFL level. Kyler Murray has. We know he has, and he was held back by his franchise. Piece of Yoshi. Thank you for the $2 super chat. Trade Hendon Hooker. Trade for Hendon Hooker from the Detroit Lions. If you're looking for a backup quarterback, sure, you can do that. But Hendon Hooker's 25 years old. He's going to have three years left on his deal. What's the value in that? He's one year younger than Kyler Murray. He's he's a rookie coming off an ACL tear uh, from last season. He hasn't played an NFL down yet. Uh, if, if you think he's got maybe a higher upside as a backup quarterback than Clayton Toon, then we, I think that might be a good option, but yeah, I don't. I think I think the backup jobs up for grabs this offseason, though. I don't think Clayton Toon's got a lockstep, you know, stranglehold in this job. Yeah, you've gotten enough from this rookie class. Like Clayton Toon makes the team next year, great. But if there's an, a chance to upgrade, you go out and you upgrade. But I, you know, we'll see. I think yeah. there's an option. I, I I draft quarterback every year in the later rounds. Don't use a premium pick on one if they want to use a fifth or a sixth rounder on a quarterback. I have no problem with that. But yeah, I. I I think this offseason is going to be all about helping Jonathan Gannon and Nick Riles' defense and helping Kyler Murray's offense. That's what it should be. Right, because you've, you've got some bright spots, some building blocks. The Niners are so far ahead of you from a personnel standpoint. I can't even judge Jonathan Gannon yet. Like, I think he's doing a good job. I like what he does. I think the effort's there. There, there, are, there are steps to this, He's right? out-coached Mike Tomlin. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. There are steps to this, right? And, and what we've learned about, let's start with Monty Austin for it. Yeah. This offseason, in, in, he can tear down what was left of a, of a bad built roster, a yeah. poorly built roster, yeah. right? And then the next step is taking the salary that he's created in the cap space and then the draft capital and seeing if he can turn it into a build his own roster. Yeah. I mean, that that's going to be the next step for Monty Austin. So far, you know, step one, I think he succeeded as far as that. Uh, yeah. But like Cliff Kingsbury. Not without mistakes. Who was able to get better and better each and every season. Once the league started to adjust and then, you know, the expectations set in, he folded, right? And, and like year one, you know, Cliff, I think, succeeded. Year two, they took the next step. Year three, they took the next step. And then they 
and then progress stopped. Jonathan Gannon, like I think he, he, he you've seen progress as far as the culture change. But then when a, with a better roster, you're going to become different expectations as far as, okay, it's not about wins and losses this year. The next season, it's probably going to be about more about wins and losses. How is he going to do within that game? Like, you're right. Like, we really haven't truly been able to judge him based on, like, going for it on fourth down as much as he does or the decision to go for it in two, with two because the pressures of winning those football games isn't nearly as high. So it's going to be interesting to see how he responds. And, like, I, I might be being naive here, and I agree with everything you just said. Like, I have never seen a teardown like this Cardinal roster yeah. is experiencing in my adult life. Like, they've had bad teams. Like, 2018 was a bad team, but that was led by, I think, not a great head coach and a bad quarterback. A couple bad quarterbacks that torpedoed that team that had some talent on it. Like, I've seen losing teams with Ken Wisenhunt and, you know, some of these other coaches that they've had historically. But at the end of the day, it's like they've had talent despite having, you know, a top five draft pick. This is the worst roster at key positions that I can remember. Like, no impact D-tackle, edge rusher, cornerback. You're starting backup linebackers. You, you know, you've got big-time problems at a lot of these key spots. So I'm grading this on a curve. I'm sorry. Like, I, I'm not sitting here expecting this team to win, like, six in a row. I'm not expecting this team. Like, the NFC West, don't get it twisted. It's still a top three to five, if not higher, division in the NFL. Three Hall of Fame-level coaches, right? Shanahan, if he wins the Super Bowl this year, is going to Hall of Fame. McVay's probably going, and Pete Carroll's going. Mm-hmm. That's your competition every year. Like, so you better be up to – like, that's that's their competition. And then they're playing, I don't know, the AFC North, which is maybe the best division in football this year. They have the second hardest strength to schedule right now, according to Tankathon, and they have the worst <laughs> roster. Like, if you asked a casual NFL fan to name five defenders for the Arizona Cardinals, they couldn't do it. Three defenders, maybe. Like, that's, that's, that is what it is at the end of the day. People think Hollywood Brown's like their best player. <laughs> He doesn't, he doesn't even provide any impact. So I, I do think, like, listen, it was self-inflicted. They did this. To, they could have yeah. kept everybody. I mean, you, got, you could have signed you've players got PFF, in free agency. You've got PFF, and they're very knowledgeable, right? And they take into several variables. But to say that Hollywood Brown at this stage in the season and going in the offseason, that they projected him as a franchise tag guy, it was 18th, so far off base. 18th it, free agent. Yeah. It, it's just so far off base. Like, based on the last quarter of the season since the return of Kyler Murray. Like we just haven't seen Hollywood Brown prove that he's the 18th best free agent and that he's worthy of $21 million franchise. Like he's so, it's so far off from, you know, what, what we've been seeing here locally. Uh, Nick, we appreciate this. Uh, my guy, 499. Uh, love you guys. <laughs> the short stack Daniel Jones comment was post game yeah. frustration. Off season will be fun. The podcast is like therapy. We appreciate Thank you, you, Nick. Nick. And th- you know, I apologize on my behalf yeah. for that. Listen, it gets I, heated. That was that was me just coming back to with post game frustration. Poor Nick, he's a good guy. He bro. is. He is. You God went after this Bo. guy's throat. I know. I know. I'm a, I'm a, I have to. I I have a tough time looking at myself gonna, in the mirror every night. Yeah. He's listen. This is a good guy right here. <laughs> Times are tough for this team and the fan base. Listen, you guys deserve better than this. I, like, hopefully this podcast has been able to provide a little bit of, I don't know, therapy, as you put it. Just a place for everybody, no matter your opinion of this team, if, even if, if we Nick, disagree. If Nick is anti-Kyler, like, at the end of the day, even post a 49, 45-29 loss, like, we respect that. Come come here and voice your frustration, no doubt about it. But we're, we're going to have a, a respectful conversation about it and have some fun around it, too. So I, I love that, that Nick is, is coming 
coming in and invoicing and how he is, but the, the fact that we can all say what we want and also hold people accountable for it. Listen, this is this is the franchise has the longest Super Bowl drought in professional sports, the longest championship drought. Like you, you're a Cardinal fan, you know what you're getting into. Yeah, Time, you, you're 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 thick skinned. Everybody in this chat right now has the thickest thickest of the thick skinned uh, as it relates to the team that they choose. And I wouldn't pick any other team. Like we're we're ride or die with this team. And I think you, you're about to be rewarded for your patience yeah. this offseason. We've got a couple. Uh, so Howard Balzer, who was in the postgame press conference, I was looking for some quotes. Gannon, uh, he, he talked about Hollywood Brown. And he said, quote, I'm concerned. He's tough as hell. He wants to play. He's trying to grind through. He's a warrior. We need him. But if he can't go, he can't go. So the heel apparently acted up again. And that's why you saw him sideline the rest of the game. Shut, um, him, shut him down. Yeah. I, I just... He's taking away reps from guys, and like, who who are you even going to play? I guess, but like, Michael Wilson, Greg Dorch need to start against Chicago, like, and Elijah Higgins and Trey McBride underneath, and Rondell Moore mixed in. Like, I, I'm at the point where I think I'm done seeing Hollywood Brown as a wide receiver for this franchise. He is a war. I give him credit; he's trying to play. I'm never yeah. going to. But like, the, these are professional athletes. These aren't kids. They're getting paid a premium. Like, if you can't produce, get out of the lineup. Yeah, because today it was not. It was a not even replacement level play from our receivers. Kyler, you Murray, hurt the team yeah. today. Kyler Murray uh, on the two picks that he threw, he put him on himself. He said they're on me, uh, but said I think we moved the ball today against a great defense. I agree with that. McBride saying, "quote We're close, but we're," he says, "We're close. We're really close." Uh, Kyler frustrated for Hollywood Brown and said his health is most important. And then going back to a quote from Trey McBride, "quote We played really good football team and we were right there." I uh, said, I feel right right now. I'm in the zone. And Trey McBride, oh, yeah. another hundred yard performance from from the tight end in a, in a setback for the Cardinals. I think again, you and I disagreed at the top of the show. I think there are some good takeaways for the Cardinals. It's not a moral victory, although you read those comments and they may be taking that as a, as a moral victory. I mean, the Niners are a, a fucking juggernaut. They're unbelievable. So I, I think at the end of the day, it's like you got you know you've got a franchise quarterback for the most part. People agree with that. You've got a Pro Bowl level tight end. Your running back looks fantastic. You've got an offensive line that I think is is steady. You got some glaring weaknesses that they're going to address in the off season. But I mean, I'm a te- I will not be what surprised. What do you do with Hollywood Brown right now? You shut him down for the year. You put him on injured reserve. I, I think I, mean, it, I really would be shocked if he's practices this week after coming out again with the heel. Yeah, end of season, and then that he's going to be in the lineup in cold Chicago. A week from today. Yeah, because the game plan in Chicago is going to be the same game plan you had in Pittsburgh. Yeah. It's because it's the same type of scenario. They got an inconsistent quarterback. A defense is playing well. I, I Hollywood Brown, to me, is not a player that's helping you and hasn't helped you really since before Halloween. Yeah. And it, we're, this is the team right now. We're not judging this team off of what they did in September. Like, this this team has evolved. Trey McBride was not a focal point in this offense in September and October. Things, things change, right? So, I think you shut them down. And if he wants to have a conversation with the Cardinals, like I, I think you would be very, very specific with him and his agent basically saying, go out and test the market. He's now had back-to-back games where he's, he's played. He started those games. He hasn't logged the reception. And then he's exited that game with the same heel injury. I think this would be the definition of insanity. Like, if you're truly concerned about his health, you got to get this guy healthy enough to where he can make it through a whole game. He, I mean, we're looking at... 
if they shut him down the rest of the season, Johnny, this is his contract year where he had 51 catches for 574 yards and four touchdowns. That's, his, a, that's, his, that's a one-year vet minimum deal next year. He'll, it'll, where, wherever he goes, I'm predicting right now it's going to be a one-year deal. And I don't think it should be in Arizona. Again, yeah. I am fully off the bandwagon of one-year prove-it deal. When I did my Johnny on the spot, maybe you do a prove-it deal and you let he and Kyler work in the offseason. Like he, he's just not a fit for what they want to do. They want bigger players. They want bigger receivers. And again, it's like we always talk about. Like unless you're proving it right there and you're gaming like Trey McBride and Kyler Murray and you're battling, Gardak was a great example of that this year. They're not going to saddle their reputation or their future, I should say, on guys that aren't helping them. Like Kyler Murray's helped them win games since he's come back. Trey McBride's done that. James Conner's going to stick around because of that. I think DJ Humphreys is really helping himself right now mm. this last quarter of the season. I think he's got a really good chance to be back, assuming they don't have a chance to grab one of the top two tackles. If you're not helping this team, if you're a Steve Kime big-ticket acquisition, pff, goodbye, you're out. Yeah, I think that them already having a, a pretty good, a significant amount of cap space, including already including DJ Humphreys' number for next season Yeah, and the way that he's been consistent i think he's only missed one game this year and, and held down the left tackle spot you know i don't know if you mess around with flip-flopping him in, in paris come i think next i season. think he's insurance until the draft yeah and it, listen if and, you, and i'm curious to see if Monty looks at and, and i know that they're looking to get bigger and more physical at the wide receiver position if he approaches the wide receiver position as trying to like how he did the offensive line this offseason where if he has some familiarity, if he has some relationships with these players, if he tries to bring back at least one or two of them just to know that he's got it. God, what do you even have, though? I, you don't, I, you don't I, even I, have anything right now. But when, when you looked at it, like you didn't have anything with, with Calvin Beecham. Like you, you thought you had something with, with Will Hernandez. Like he just signed some easy deals to make sure that he had at least players at the, on, I, that, on I, the roster. I think you saw enough good things from Beecham and Hernandez, though. I, I'm getting nothing from this group right now. Yeah. Yeah, but you bring up a good point. I know we're going long here. Like this video, 300 likes is the goal. Uh, I, if you don't, if you're not in a position to draft Mike Marvin Harrison Jr. third overall, do you feel like it's a mandate now? They got to go get somebody in free agency. I almost feel like right now, like you, just, you can't get Marvin, and you're like, well, I'm going to get a mid round or a mid first round receiver with my first when you don't know who's going to be available. I don't think you can skip wide receiver in free agency. It's it's, it's but the thing is like. Some of it is out of your hand. Like if if Cincinnati pays if T. Higgins, people get tagged. If yeah. they get tagged, if, if you might have to go pay Calvin, Gabe Davis. Yeah, Calvin Ridley. Like Jacksonville's going to have a tough. They're going to ha- it's they're going to have to figure out what because the, they're going to have to pay Josh Allen on the edge, and they're going to have to pay Calvin Rid- Ridley, who they traded for last season while he's out for gambling. Um, and, and then there's the uh, Michael Pittman Jr., who I think it's going to be pretty easy decision for the Colts that if they can't sign him, that they would tag him and they'd feel comfortable with the season that Pittman's had uh, to give him $21 million for the franchise tag while they work out a deal. Uh, but yeah, Arizona Animal, like, then you look at the trade market. Like, scary Terry McLaurin, maybe that that's somebody who becomes yeah. an option for you. He's got the size. Um, you know, it is strange to see Sam Howell put up all these robust passing stats. Now, I know a empty. lot of them are empty calories for a bad team. Uh, but why why is he not you know the top guy there? Um, but yeah. you know I I think that it, it's he's gonna have to get creative outside of like if they get the third overall pick and they're in a prime position to get 
Marvin Harrison Jr. I still think I know Gabe Davis is off a of back-to-back no-catch games. He's got uh, his numbers are barely better than Hollywood. Okay, but he's six-two, and I think if you're going to allocate some marginal funds to a receiver, you're going to do it with your type. You're going to do it with a Gabe Davis, and mm-hmm. you're not going to double down on what's not working. I think you could go into the draft with Michael Wilson, Gabe Davis, and then try to get a first-round receiver and maybe add one on day three and then just kind of let the chips fall where they may and see who ascends in training camp. I don't hate that plan, like, but I, I don't like the plan of Marvin's not available. Let's just re-sign Hollywood. Let's just go through no, the No, I don't think that that's... I mean, you talk to a lot of people. It's just like, well, you have to re-sign Hollywood. That's a mandate. You have nobody at that position. I, I think you your eyes have been open to... What doesn't work? The, the good thing is, you know, there's there's relationships now on this coaching staff all over the league, including passing game coordinator Drew Terrell, who came from Washington. Uh, another reason to point to Terry McLaurin or, or maybe that staff or that, that wide receiver court to bring in somebody just to, for a supplemental player. Like yeah. three players are going to be under contract once the final whistle blows on this team on, on the wide, at the wide receiver position. Zach Pascal, who I'm not sure you could be as low as two. You know, Pascal might be under contract, but are they going to move forward with him? They they have a spot for him outside of special teams. So it's like you realistically have two wide receivers, and it's Rondell Moore and Michael Wilson. Rondell Moore, he's played 14 14 straight games out of the gate, which ties his career high. I love Greg Dorch. I think think he's going to be the Greg Dorch of this team next year. Yeah. I think he's going to be asked, you want to be on this team, you got to return kicks and punts and you got to do dirty work underneath. And I think if I, what's Rondell Moore going to say? No. And they're going to say, we're going to throw it to our big physical targets. I agree with this in the chat. Uh, I think Kyler Mills Murray, uh, according to Robert needs more time with Michael Wilson. I, 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 I think that that's a, that's a big part of this. Mm-hmm. I, you know, Kyler came out and said like, he's a, he's a great player. I need to make it work with him. I just, I think it's a combination of Michael's injury, a rookie wall, Kyler's injury, Kyler's comfort level. I mean, like, that's really hard to ask of somebody, November, hey, work with this rookie receiver out of the third round and just kind of have it simultaneously be plug and play. Dobbs made it look easier than I thought. Carving up San Francisco, he had been here for an hour, but I think... I'm not ready to punt on Michael Wilson as being a, a good starting well, receiver yet. You got, yeah, you got to be, you got to be open to it. He's got a couple games here, but I mean, they're going to have to add. They're not even throwing to him. Right five now, guys. I'm, I'm for it. Got it. Got the receiving core. Start over because I, I think you, you people are going to scoff at this. You, I, somebody, you owe it somebody to Kyler did Murray. mention like Daniel Arias, like could he develop and, and graduate from the practice squad? And I, and I have just higher aspirations for the organization. Than, than that. I mean, you hope that some of the guys you identified and, and that you've developed and that have been getting to practice to, but not play for this team this season that, that somebody could turn into to a player for you. But, um, I mean, right now, as it stands, like you got to go out to free agency and I think you got to like sign three and then you got to draft two. I, I, you're <laughs> preaching the qual- I've been trying to draft two in the yeah, first, but, round, yeah, my first round. But like when we look, when we talk about the ta- talent disparity, like, yeah. The, the 49ers, sure, they, they, they drafted Ayuk and they drafted Debo, but they also drafted in the trenches. And the, it's going to have to be a big trench draft for the Cardinals. Right. It will be. I, but, again, I trust 
that this franchise can do more with less at, at a lot of positions. I, you can't do that with a receiver. If guys can't get open, they can't get open. And guess what? That puts pressure on your offensive tackles, offensive line, as it did today. And it puts pressure on Kyler Murray. And Kyler Murray went down. He's going to stay down. If guys can't separate and get open and you can't have a rhythm in your passing game, Kyler Murray's going to get hurt again. Like, that's the reality of the situation. Now, he's a, he's a tough SOB. He came back in this game today. I thought he rallied and played okay. And, I've, again, I think the run game is on point. When they want to commit to the run, they've shown you. They've run it on Dallas. They've run it on San Francisco. They've run it on damn near everybody. They're top 10 in rushing. The, the, the passing game, I would not be surprised after this game if they're bottom two or three still in, in, in passing game. Like, that's got to be a priority. Uh, and I think it will be. Super Chat, Dan T, $5. I admit I was wrong about Toon. You double down on Kyler. Yeah, I, because I think we've got a better resume for Kyler Murray. And I again, there are going to be a large portion of our audience, and rightfully so, everybody's up to their opinion. If the Cardinals are picking two, there are going to be people who want them to take quarterback. Mm-hmm. We're, and we're prepared to have that conversation. And I like, listen, Cardinals, if, if they do anything, if they do not commit to Kyler Murray at that January press conference, if they've got the number two pick, then the floodgates will open. But I think you're going to be disappointed because I think that's going to happen. If you if you're anti Kyler, I, I I think if 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 Kyler Murray plays pretty good to good the rest of the year, and I think he was okay today. I don't think he was terrible, and he and he has some nice moments. They're gonna they're gonna double down on him in January, and they're not gonna go to Drake May's pro day, and they're not gonna stir up headlines, and it's not gonna be Kime, Josh Rose, and Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray esque. I, I think they'll be very clear with what their intentions are because I think they know they know that if, if they support him with the white right kind of weaponry, you are a playoff team like. Even the biggest Kyler skeptics, look at the NFC. Look at this, the state of this team. You're telling me this team isn't one offseason away from being a playoff team? Well, I, I just don't think that they're going to – the jury is not out in the organization. Like, I think they've, they've probably made their decision, and I feel like they've made the decision to move forward with, with Kyler. And, like, they might be at North Carolina's Pro Day, but it could be to watch Tez Walker. Yeah. And it could be to do their due diligence to, to be ready for any scenario. Yeah. Um, but I, I have the, the feeling that this, especially with their ac- their actions, that they're moving forward with Kyler Murray. And they feel like that's what's best for the organization. That's, that's, the, that's the quickest path to finding consistent success. And they're going to continue to empower Kyler Murray. Because that's the right move. What the previous regime did was just downright, just pitiful, and and how they use in leaks and, and you know various sources and stuff to try to mudsling in, in the public arena, uh, and and it set you know I think the organization back, and that this organization knows better than to do that. Like they're they're going to they I feel like as far as the front office, the coaching staff, they've got the infrastructure, and now they've got to create the personnel on the field infrastructure for success for this overall roster. Uh, speaking of success, you can find some right now. Go phnx.com, become a diehard, pick up a free hat and or shirt. It's my new favorite sweatshirt I got. If you can see it at the merchandise locker on our Black Friday deal. Speaking of deals, become a diehard. Jump in the exclusive member Discord. I'm sure it's popping right now. Can't wait to dive in. Post-game show. Also, check out the work of GoPHNX Cardinals beat reporter Howard Bolzer getting the skinny from Jonathan Gannon and company on today's post-game. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a fun day. I've had a fun, I'm always having a good time. We're out on location, Gila River, Bet MGM. Even when the Cardinals are run over, like they were by Christian McCaffrey and company, being able to hang with all of you, enjoy it together in this community that we've built together. We haven't built it. Damon hasn't built it solo. We've all done it together. 
and we all want what's best for this franchise, and we're here to hold them accountable. That's right. That's right. And uh, with the draft order as it stands, third overall. We'll see what's going on with the with the Bears this week. We're going to do some welfare checks on our friends over at CG, CHGO. <laughs> and then the Patriots. Uh, winnable game. Our, our award-winning producer, Damon Dog, uh, he did point out that their upcoming game with the Pats, the Pats have not lost to Gang Green since 2017. So is that a winnable game for them? Uh, Bailey Zappi fell back again this week, uh, and the Patriots lost. So... It's going to be um, fascinating to see. This is going to be a race to the bottom. Can I just say this real quick? Cardinals lose to the Bears. They got to go to Philadelphia. I mean, I think it becomes more and more a talking point. What do you do with Kyler Murray in that finale if if Marvin Harrison Jr. is within your grasp? I, I I'm I'm fascinated by that. We're like we're the only people talking about that, and people are like, no, you play him, you do. <laughs> I don't know. Did you watch the receiving court today? I know everybody here in the chat did. If the, if the Cardinals lose these next two, which is possible, they're going to be an underdog. It's so tight right now at the top. I mean, Carolina win in a game. They're 2-12. and 12. Pats 3-11. and 11. Strength of schedule puts them ahead of the Cardinals. Cardinals 3-11. and 11. And then Washington, uh, who, who got beat by the Rams today, they dropped their fifth straight. They're 4-10. and 10. They're just a game out with three to play. Washington could really help the Cardinals by uh, winning next week. You can help yourself like this video. Subscribe to PHNX Sports here on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter, at Bill Brock. I'm at Johnny Venerable. I, I'm a broken record. Can we get this Twitter account to 10K? PHNX <laughs> underscore Cardinals. Create fake accounts. Do whatever you got to do. I feel like we're being held back by Elon Musk. But, again, we will persevere because of all of you. Get this video 300 likes. We are back, baby, tomorrow on a football Monday. Loaded shows this week. Brian Baldinger back in the in the flow. We're going to hopefully talk with our friends, as you mentioned, from CHGO. We got Mock Draft Monday. And more in the meantime, for Damon Dog, Bo Brock, I'm Johnny Venerable. Thanks to everybody that came out. Gila River Resorts and Casinos at Wild Horse Pass. Take care.